It's Super Bowl week. Chiefs, 49ers, and one of the words we'll hear a lot is the word disguise. The defense for the 49ers will use uh, disguises and deception to try to throw off the Chiefs. And then the Chiefs, they use trickery and how they line up. They try to you know, do fakes and, and, and trick the, the 49ers. And so we'll have to keep an eye out for that throughout the game. What about in our own lives? How often do we use deception or disguises or trickery? And should we be? Let's unpack it. This is the Unpacking It podcast, where we relate big sports stories to life and biblical truth. Our mission is to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like him with sports conversations that truly matter. That's what I'm talking about. Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, I just want to thank you guys one last time for being here. It's the best day ever. Here is the president of Unpacking It Ministries, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack parallels, metaphors, and topics in sports that relate to life and faith. I'm Bryce Johnson with Luke Heaton. On today's episode, we will give you our thoughts on the Super Bowl. Take a look at some of the, the fun storylines and unpack this word disguise. We hear it when, when, when either analysts or coaches are, are talking about you know, their, their strategy and game plan and, and, and offenses taking a look at the defense to say, okay, how are they disguising coverage and how do we respond to that? And, and we're going to take a look at, at how that parallels our own lives and, and the reality that so often we pretend. We pretend that life is better than it is. We, we pretend uh, kind of how who we are and what we say we are. And, and so what, what do we do with all that? How do we reconcile that? How do we wrestle with that? Uh, how can we grow and learn in, in this concept of, of, of authenticity? What does it mean to be authentic, to live a genuine life, an honest life, a life marked by truth? And so, uh, so looking forward to that conversation today. Uh, be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. You can also email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. We're gearing up for our Super Saturday Man Breakfast here in Charlotte uh, on Saturday morning. And so uh, be on, on the lookout for the podcast afterward. Also, we'll have it available on, on YouTube uh, as well. Uh, you can see what the, the morning is all about, but it uh, should be a great time with former Panthers, Jericho Cotchery, Trey Boston, and then current assistant coach, George Lee. Uh, so I'll be interviewing that panel and it should be a great morning. If you are in Charlotte, uh, we've got you know some room left. Uh, you can you can sign up on our website, unpackingit.com slash super Saturday. Also, we love partnering with other ministries here at Unpacking It. And, and one of our ministry partners is Promise Keepers. I, I talked to them last week and, and they're doing some awesome things and, and wanted to let you know about an event they have going on in St. Petersburg, Florida, on Friday, February 23rd. You can go to promisekeepers.org for more information. Uh, it's, it's a daring faith event, an evening with Promise Keepers, and, and really it's designed to you know, encourage men to live a bolder life lived in Jesus. And, and so again, all the details, promisekeepers.org. All right, Luke, Super Bowl week is here. I watched a little bit of the uh, the, the, the opening ceremonies and a lot of 49ers fans. So making the trip to, to Vegas and should be a, a fun week, uh, as we gear up for what I really believe to be a great matchup. 
because I'm an NFL fan. I root for the Panthers, tough year for the Panthers, but I'm an NFL fan. I love great matchups. It would have been fun to have Detroit or Buffalo or some fresh faces for sure. But with this matchup, we get a rematch from a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl. We, we get, hey, this is the team of this era. It's the Chiefs. Can the Niners actually knock them off? And, and I really believe that, you know, the Niners have been, you know, one of the more talented teams the last few years, no doubt about it. This year, they're healthier. And, and so I think they've got a great chance to knock off the Chiefs. I hope they do. I'll be pulling for them. And, and I really believe, too, you mentioned this before the show, Christian McCaffrey is the best player in this game. And so my prediction would be he's the MVP and he'll be the difference maker and, and the reason that the Niners uh, get this win. So how you doing? How you feeling about this game? Well, I can't wait just from, you know, being a sports fan. Um, the Super Bowl is fantastic every single year. And you're, you're absolutely right. You have, we have this generation's best quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, the NFL's best quarterback, opposing the NFL's best team probably over the past, you know, three to five years, especially in the regular season. But the they haven't they been able that roster. Yep. Yes. But they Top haven't been bottom. able to get it done. Yeah. Defense, offense, skill players, young players, they veterans have, combination. They've been a juggernaut the past handful of seasons. So you've got two dominant teams with dominant players, great storylines, and a lot of players to root for. You know, even even people who have Chiefs fatigue, it's hard to root against Mahomes. He's so likable. He's such an awesome player. He's so captivating to watch. And then the Niners. Is he, is he though? Oh, how could you not think that? I, he's not my guy. He's not my favorite personality. Oh. I, I don't know. I, he just doesn't do it for me. I don't. I can't really pinpoint it. But but I but so it's interesting, interesting. you say that. So just matter of factly, oh yeah, likable Chiefs. Is is Mahomes? I, I'm curious what people think. Just for me, I, I hmm. there are other quarterbacks that I prefer and and yeah, like better. I, I think the only reason you can hate Mahomes is if be, is you don't want to see him winning anymore, or you don't like the Chiefs winning, and you apply that to Mahomes. Just look at any time he interviews this week, Super Bowl media. He continues to talk about it's so hard to get to the Super Bowl. I really want to cherish this one, not take it for granted. This may be my last one. I don't know if I'll ever get back here. The greatest player in the NFL says that. There's no there's no <laughs> pride. We'll be back next year, baby. We're going to be here every year. That's what that's what that? a lot of players say. That's what a lot of people, you know, I expect to be here. I'm I'm the that's best. True. I'm near the best in my craft. He doesn't that's he's he approaches with a tremendous amount of humility even though he's the best player in the league. So I think that's he, and he's also just a, a, a super fun guy. So, anyway, I don't know. Maybe I think he's, I think he's fantastic. I don't know. No, I don't know what it is. I do like Andy Reid, though. I like, I'm, I'm a fan of Andy Reid. Okay. I just like the, the Brady Belichick, 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 people hating them was like, well, they were a little, ah, who are those guys? They're not as fun to root for. They rub you the wrong way. Andy Reid and Mahomes, come on. It's so different. They are so. fun loving and and from that standpoint for sure. I would yes. say, you know, when you compare them to the Warriors dynasty and era, and both those, you know, both these teams have been the, the cream of the crop uh for a number of years, 
that early on you're excited. It's new. It's likable. It's, oh, man, Steph Curry and the Warriors. But eventually there was definitely Warriors fatigue. People got tired of them. And yeah. you, you sort of change and evolve as you win more and more. Um, and, and people's perspective of you changes, too. And so but that's, that's normal with the Chiefs as well. Yeah. Because the lifespan. New, yeah. You know, new uh, team in the mix. Because the Chiefs had been a while since they were that relevant, especially winning Super Bowls. So, uh, yeah. but now we've seen it. We've done it. We've seen the movie. And, and uh, do we want to see it again? I, I do. I, you do? It's just uh, so the Niners, baby. No. I mean, that, that's just the lifespan of a, a dynasty or a, an organization pursuing dynasty status is, well, you start winning enough, you're going to be hated. Anyway, I think he's great to root for. I am rooting for him and the Chiefs easily. But on the other side of the ball, how can you also not root for McCaffrey to get a ring, for Brock Purdy to get a ring, for Shanahan to get a ring as a head coach, like there, for Kittle to get a ring? Like There's so many players you want to see I win do. the Super Bowl. So it's very exciting from that standpoint that although I am rooting for Kansas City, I will be happy for the Niners if they if they when win. they win, when they win, nah. Nah, I don't know. It's hard. It's so hard to pick against the Chiefs. I. It's yeah. like I, I'm. I'm going for the Niners. I'll pick them. That's fine. I'll stick with that. But to go against Mahomes and Reed in the Super Bowl is a silly thing to do. But they have yeah. lost. They have lost. And the and the Patriots lost to the Giants. The Giants somehow had their number. So uh, <laughs> yes. the Chiefs have already beat the Niners. So they they can't follow that path exactly. But. But the Niners have the ability to have the skills, skilled players. They have the roster to do it, the coaching staff to do it. I'm 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 huge Steve Wilkes fan, former Panthers uh coach, interim coach, should have been hired as the head coach, but excited for him and, and what he's doing as the defensive coordinator there. So so pulling hard for him as well. He's an app state guy. So let's let's go, Steve Wilkes. So and McCaffrey, oh, no, I'm all in on the I'm all in on the Niners. Let's the storylines, the Brock Purdy. I did hear somebody talking about this. You know, he's not like he is the underdog story, but he probably hasn't gotten as much of the underdog love as we've seen over the years. The the Rudy stories and all that. I'm not sure he's gotten to yeah. that level quite yet, but maybe winning this Super Bowl, more fans will jump on that bandwagon of, of wow, what an underdog story. Like, this is incredible. I just don't think we've hit the the peak of that quite yet is that fair no I, that's fair no that, that is interesting he, he was just so solid from day one yeah it, it felt like he belonged so i, so, I don't know if, if we'll ever get point. the the true underdog story like yes you know mr irrelevant in the draft but he looked like he belonged as an nfl starting quarterback from day one I guess because Kurt, like you think about Kurt Warner, who kind of came out of nowhere to a certain yeah oh, arena football. Yeah, How do you even go to the Purdy. NFL? Because Purdy, it's not like he was out of the league. He got oh, no, and he was he was yeah. a very good college quarterback. Like he, he was pretty dominant at Iowa State. Yeah, and just whereas yeah, Kurt Warner be, came from Northern Iowa. Yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting though because on paper it feels like it should be. Like David Goliath should kind of be a, a a headline for the Super Bowl, Mahomes versus Purdy, but it's yeah. really not that at all. I actually I haven't even seen that once, because um, no. Purdy solidified himself as he's he's going to be their quarterback for at least you would assume for the next uh, era, however long this lasts, this Niners era. 
Yeah. And of course they went after Tom Brady last year, which is fine. They it makes sense. If you try to get Brady good, you know, good for you. But yeah. that was that was kind of a, a story that got mentioned and then kind of pushed aside cuz uh it didn't work out, but but yeah. The true underdog story is uh Trey Lance when he takes over in uh in Dallas <laughs> and takes us to a Super Bowl. That's an that, underdog. That, that story. Niners flair that hopefully he kept with him. Oh my gosh. All right, so as far as our topic today, we want to talk a little Super Bowl, have some fun. And, and, and really this topic, though, when you, know, you just listen to analysts and people talk about football and you know, they start showing game film, I've just noticed this word disguise, okay? So especially with both of these teams you know, being as good as they are, they, they've understood the use of deception and, and disguising their defense so, for instance, you know, you, 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 you show that you're going to be in man coverage, but then you actually are in zone coverage. And so it throws off the quarterback and what how the quarterback is is reading the defense. And then you look at it from the offensive standpoint and the Chiefs do a great job of how they line up with you know unique formations and trick plays and motion and all these different ways to deceive and throw off and um, confuse the the defense. And so. That is part of the strategy, the game plan, the you know the the the, the style of of both of these teams. Whether you're looking at it from offense or defense, just this this desire to disguise. And I was, I was doing a lot of research on this too. And you, know, you hear the, this word mesh play and these crossers, and and so it, it's so yep. important to, to have disguises when either trying to execute the crossers or the the mesh plays, um, or, or also trying to defend those. And, and so, yeah, you know, with Travis Kelsey and how do you, nobody seems to figure out how to, how to stop him, but, but you try to run these disguises on, on defense. And, um, and then of course the chiefs are always running these, uh, these fake plays and trick plays and all that kind of thing. So, um, well, go ahead. I, the disguises are so fascinating because, and you and I never came close to playing the game of football at a high level. So hearing <laughs> an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hearing th that's why I love the Manning cast so much. I know you like the Manning cast for the interviews. I think the interviews, ah, take them or leave them. It's kind of awkward. The over zoom, they interrupt each other. But when, don't, when don't Peyton and Eli, oh, when Peyton and Eli, well, they don't have a guest on and they're, they're just talking football. They're looking at a play. They're like, Oh, I think they're in this coverage. Look what this safety. If he rolls down, Oh, looks like the quarterback can have this as an option. That's so fascinating hearing them talk through that because you really don't know if it's going to be true or play out that way until the ball snapped. But so much happens pre-snap from a quarterback's perspective, from an offensive line's perspective, the defense line, you see them shifting, you see safeties. Are they going to blitz or are they not going to blitz? blitz. Yeah. Yes. Or offense. Some teams, they do tons of pre-snap motion. They're running guys in motion. Is he going to get a handoff? Is he going to be a jet sweep? Is he going to go back in motion? It's, I mean, last year's Super Bowl, that uh, that play the Chiefs did, they, Sky Moore and Tony, run them like they're going to have him running in motion. They stop on a dime and then go back out, and it's wide open in the end zone. That kind of pre-snap movement, both teams are trying to disguise and, and trick each other so I love hearing people who played the game or know the game really well try to to analyze and examine what's going on pre-snap and then see if they it actually comes true or not. 
That's right. They're trying to figure it out. Okay, how how are they disguising? And and then how do we combat that? And then you know the other side is saying, hey, we're trying to set up our own disguise. So it, it's a fascinating thing, and it's sort of next level football. And us as average sports fans probably don't always notice it, or we're just not thinking about it, or or looking for it. Um, but the reality is, so in football, disguises, trick plays, pretending, fakes, all this type of thing, you're trying to throw off the other team. All of that's part of it, and it's all used to to create an advantage and, and to ultimately win. And so for us today, as we parallel this topic to our own lives, we'll, we'll take sort of the, the opposite uh, approach or result in that it, it may be a great thing from a football standpoint, but using disguises and pretending and faking and tricking is not the answer in our own lives. And the reality is, though, all of us at some point or currently, or we wrestle with this, this concept of pretending and, and putting on a mask or, or putting on a disguise or trying to trick other people into believing something about us that isn't true. And we try to throw people off with, with what we say, but it doesn't always line up with, with what we do. And, and this is a, a challenging topic. It's a convicting topic. Each of us, you know, know the truth in our own lives and know, where this is true, where, where we do have disguises because we look at ourselves in the mirror and, and we know, you know, who we are all the time. And oftentimes we try though, to put on a front. And, and when someone asks, Hey, how are you doing? We pretend everything's fine. I'm good. Right. And so let, let's start there. And, and I think there's, there's layers to this topic and, and more concerning kind of issues that go along with this, but just off the bat, you know, what does it look like to actually live authentic, genuine, honest lives where what you see is what you get. And what I say is what is actually true. And, and no, we, you know, we're imperfect. We're, we, you know, we struggle with this. I, I get it. But, but are we desiring that type of, of life, that authentic life? And ultimately as followers of Jesus, that's the life we're called to. To, to live out the truth, his truth, but, the, but then also just the truth of, of our life and who we are and who we, hey, this is who I am. Flaws and all, struggles and mm -hmm. all. So a lot there, but let me, uh, let me just kind of start with, hey, Luke, how you doing? Everything's fine. <laughs> what's, the, what's, the, what's the downside to pretending in that regard? Well, I, I think first, we all do it. So let's talking about <laughs> disguising and pretending let's not let's let's all nfl teams our, do it we do it too yes for you and i and for everyone watching or listening let's just stop pretending that we don't do this mm -hmm. everyone does this we have our authentic self of who we are who god says we are but depending on what group of people we're with who we're talking to what environments we're in we all put on the mask we all put on the disguise to fit in to seek their approval and then when we when we go home, we think sometimes we have this difficult discussion with ourselves of, gosh, why did I act that way? Or we don't even think about it. It's become such a routine, such a ritual of I just need to talk and act however I need to to fit in. Our authentic self is almost kind of lost. Like, who even are we anymore? Because who we're around dictates how we act. and. We all do this. It's the question of what do we do in response to first acknowledging that we all have a problem with disguising ourselves mm 
from other people. We don't want them to know who we really are. We want them to love us, to like us. So we're going to act accordingly. But oftentimes it's not our authentic self and who God says we are. So the first step is acknowledging, yeah, I probably do this probably on a daily basis, if not a weekly basis. Yeah. And, but, but I think it's, it's not accepting it and it's growing in, in that, in that area of our lives that, that we become more and more authentic. And really it goes along with our understanding of how much we are truly loved by God, by mm-hmm. our heavenly father, by our creator. And, and the more we, we realize his love and grace, we live f- with that as our foundation. We, we live out of that, out of that love, out of that grace and and we can we can be transparent with people to say yeah i'm i'm struggling in in this area but 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 i'm fully loved and fully and 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 rest in god's grace and it gives us that confidence to be able to just kind of lay it out on the table say this is this is who i am and i i'm struggling in this area but I, i'm not okay with it but god's working on me god god's changing me he's transforming me and and so you know oftentimes we just aren't willing to go there with other people. And so it, it limits us from having deep friendships, deep, authentic relationships in, in our lives because we're so used to putting on this disguise, this front, this pretending that, that we're somebody that we're not and, and that we've, we pretend like we've got it all together. Yeah, I've got this figured out. Oh, I'm good. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still wrestling with some stuff. No, I'm still, I'm, uh, uh, this, this part of scripture, I, I, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I, and, and all those kinds of things that, that we are actually going through, we just have to be transparent and honest with the right people um, so that we can experience growth together and experience these, these meaningful relationships in, in life. Um, yeah. So, so, it, so the conversation, I guess, seems kind of twofold. You have the one area of disguise um, of, I want people to like me. I want to fit in. I'm going to act accordingly. And then you have what you're also talking about is I'm fearful of allowing people to know me because I don't want them to know what I'm struggling with, what I'm wrestling with. Both Mm -hmm. at its core result from not believing that what God says about me and how he knows me is most important because we can live truthfully and honestly out of the foundation of God already knows everything about me. He's accepted me in Christ through faith and repentance. The most important being in the world who is all sovereign, all powerful, all loving, holds everything in his hands. He accepts me. He knows me. And I'm safe with him. Therefore, man's opinion of me, it's fine. I'm, now I have the freedom to open up to certain people. Now I have the freedom to take the mask off to take the disguise off and be honest with people. And now another element of this, this discussion is we're not advocating for, you know, spill the beans to everyone. I, yeah. I, I don't I know who about that. I, I forget who this quote is from. I know my, my pastor says it all the time. I don't know where it originates, but you know, when you, when you share something uh, with someone, you're handing them a knife and they can either defend you with it or they can stab you in the back with it basically. Wow. So we have to be careful who we share things with. But the point of the conversation is we have the freedom to live truthfully with others, 
because God has accepted us and already knows everything about us. He knows all the wickedness, all the evil thoughts, all the terrible things we've done, all our desires, all our faults, and he accepts us. So out of that, of course, now we can be truthful with other people because their opinion is way less important than God's approval and opinion of us. Amen. The the other layer to this, and this, this is a, a multifaceted kind of conversation. Uh, multifaceted? Yeah. Multilayered. Yeah. Multiple um, facets? I don't know. Yeah, it's something. Uh, <laughs> not faucets, but facets. Not faucets, uh, yeah. So the other thing is there are people who, and I, I don't know if they're listening today, that are blatantly living a life that is fully disguised and they are misleading people. They are hypocrites. They are deceivers. And they put on this front. And oftentimes they, they really pretend to, oh, I love God or, you know, whatever. And they even run their businesses with that. And then behind the scenes, they're stealing money. They're doing things that are against the, you know, the scripture and against the, the, the character of God. And, and, and they're living blatant, they're choosing to live misleading lives. So if that's you, I, I hope you feel the conviction of that, but but the the, the reality is you you're not going to get away with that forever, and yeah. and so the 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 one verse that that comes to mind in in that regard is uh, uh, Luke twelve two. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hmm. hidden that will not be known, and so uh, that stuff's brought to the light, and so we can pretend and 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 live the, these disguises and mislead people for a while. Uh, it eventually, it eventually comes out. And, and so yep. often, oftentimes, you know, I've experienced this with, with people in my life where they, they tell me, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's not, that's not really that big of an issue in my life. And I know the truth. I know that, no, that, that is, that sin in your life is dragging you down. It's bringing you down. And they're, they're pretending like, no, it's not really that big of a deal. Like, uh, and, and they're not honest with themselves or they're not being honest, you know, with, with us. And, and so that's a challenge when we're put in those situations too, because we want to be able to discern the truth and love people well, show them grace, but also, you know, there's a level of calling them out in, in that as well. So that's a whole nother kind of side of this conversation, but I've got a lot of thoughts on this topic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true. And related to that verse you just read, I mean, I, I've been kind of slowly working through uh, the book of Psalms and, Somehow I keep coming across Psalms where the sentiment of, of the passage is the wicked nations and wicked people live as if God doesn't see or God mm. doesn't know. Mm. That's kind of th how we trick ourselves. But God sees and knows all. Mm. And that's an important understanding to come to realize. Mm. Um, and I think also, I don't want us to paint this picture of there are people, there are bad people out there who live lives of deception, and then there's us. Mm. Certainly there are levels, but I think the importance of today's conversation is to be really honest with ourselves that we are guilty of all these things. Mm. Because I've also been guilty many times of withholding truth from friends or family members. And eventually when I come clean, God's been really faithful in that. Or eventually when I'm finally able to be honest with a friend, uh, 
hey, I'm, this has been a really difficult area of my life, or hey, I really need prayer in this, or hey, this is what I've really been struggling with, haven't had the courage to tell you. I know you've asked, but I haven't had the courage to tell you that. There's been times when I've it's taken me longer than it probably should have to actually be honest with some people. And I think we all have experienced that to some degree. Um, but I think the, the encouragement is God is faithful to be gracious to us when we tell the truth. God is the God of truth. Mm. It doesn't mean there's not consequences for sin or mistakes, but God is faithful to give us wisdom, comfort, uh, peace to take care of us when we actually confess and repent of things and tell the truth to people. Mm. And that, that's a really important, a really important truth to understand even though it's really scary. I'm sure some people listening right now, they have things in their mind right now. Oh, I can never tell that person that. I can never be honest about this. Mm. You can. Because again, it comes back to God already knows it. And mm. if you are in Christ, you're safe with him. You have the freedom to be truthful. Maybe it's just with one trusted person. You have the freedom to do that. Mm. That's good. It's really good. Proverbs 12, 22 the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. Um, so that's a, a short encouragement there. Um, and then the, I guess the the practical side of this too is just kind of where I'm at in, in life. I, I know that my buddies are, and I, I've gone through my own struggles as well. Marriage is hard. Being a dad is hard. And, and too often it's, Hey, how's everything going? Oh yeah, everything's good. Everything's fine. And, and, and guys are, are hurting. They're struggling. They're, they're, they're lonely. They're trying to figure things out on their own and in their own strength. And when I've had those honest conversations with guys to say, yeah, man, marriage is hard right now. We're, we're struggling with, with this specific issue. And, and then it's, Oh yeah, me too. And then now all of a sudden the truth is out there. You know where each other are at or, hey, yeah, I was there three years ago, five years ago. And I, I absolutely relate to you. You're not alone. You will get through this. Here's how God you know, can give you the strength to get through it and walk you through this. And I'll be there with you to walk you through it. But, but it takes that step of, of just being honest. And, and so, again, back to get, get rid of the disguises and, and find people yep. that you really can trust and, and be willing to uh, – you know, as they say, put yourself out there, so to speak. Um, and, and back to your point about just when we are honest, it, it, God works in amazing ways and people respond in amazing ways. But when we bottle it up and we pretend and we fake it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't move us forward. It really doesn't. Yeah. So you're absolutely right on the community aspect of this whole conversation, knowing you're not alone. Uh, that was one of the the drivers to Madeline and I wanting to you know ask a, a mentor couple in our church to walk us through um, certain things in marriage, and we ended up there ended up being another couple that asked this mentor couple the same thing. So it was the six of us. It was like an eight month kind of marriage mentorship um, study we went through, covered all aspects of marriage because I mean we're almost three years into marriage and there's there's difficult aspects of marriage. You have two selfish people united as one figuring this out. Oh, yeah. And 
it's been a huge blessing when we, uh, the six of us would gather and there'd be a certain topic and say, Hey, you know, we're really not doing well in that area right now. And everyone will in the room be like, yeah, same here. Or yeah, uh, that's, that has been a struggle for us in the past. This is how we got through it. And just the willingness for us to be honest about that opened up this place where, oh, they relate to that. Mm-hmm. And it just became this amazing environment where God was really working through people's willingness to be honest about things. Yep. But yeah. it could not have happened unless people were willing to tell the truth or be honest about areas we wanted to grow in in our marriages. And even speaking of that, we actually have to be truthful and honest in our marriage. How, how many people are, yes. are pretending in the, with their own spouse and and faking things and and tricking and and misleading and and all those kinds of things? And and what if we were actually you know honest and truthful to say, hey, that really hurt. Like that when you said that, that hit me in a in a in a, a profound way. And I know it was just sort of a an offhand comment, but listen, that, that really hurt me or, Hey, here's what I'm really dealing with at, at work or, you know, yep. relationally with other f- people, friends, coworkers, whatever, being able to share that with your spouse and being honest and vulnerable, you know, the, the, the word vulnerable pops into this conversation too. Um, even with your spouse, spouse. And sometimes I, I, sometimes we're not always truthful there. We pretend like, Hey, everything's fine versus, Hey, uh, financially things are concerning and having those honest conversations. Um, yep. so, Again, it just goes back to let, let's drop the disguises. Let's live authentically in, in our relationships and, and let's be, let's seek the truth. Ultimately God is, is truth. Uh, and then the truth of, of our lives and, um, and, and being open and honest. And so a couple of other verses just to, to wrap up and leave us with. So Ephesians four twenty five amplified version, therefore rejecting all falsehood, whether lying, defrauding, telling half-truths, spreading rumors, any, any such as these. Speak truth, each one with his neighbor, for we are all parts of one another, and we are all parts of the body of Christ. And, and so, especially as believers, being honest with one another uh, is, is crucial. First uh, Peter 2.1. Uh, <laughs> 2 Corinthians um, so, so get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Uh, so we got to get rid of all that stuff, the deceit. Um, and then, uh, let's see anything else. Uh, second Timothy three, 12 through 13. And everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil people and imposters will flourish they will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. And, and so you know, we know people, get, they get away with it for a while, right? They're deceiving people, they're, they're misleading people, and, and maybe they're, <laughs> they're finding success in that. But, but ultimately, they're deceiving themselves. They're like, they think they're going to get away with it, or they think that there, there aren't eventual consequences for that. Um, yep. So if, hopefully that's anybody listening to, to be convicted by that as well. Um, so anyway, a lot in that first Probably don't have time to unpack that today, but um, but a couple things just to uh, think about and 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 contemplate for ourselves today. Uh, but again, the, the message is let's live authentically and and be truthful and honest and, and stop misleading people and and deceiving people. Um, 
and tricking people. It works in football. Good for them. Hey, it works. <laughs> it works on the football field. Gives you an advantage, and yep. and it may give us an advantage for a little while in life, but but eventually it it falls flat, and and we find ourselves in yep. a, a worse spot by by going down that path. So, the net value is is not worth it. So the challenge today is take off the disguise. If you are in Christ, you are safe to be honest with others. First, be honest with God about your sin. For some, that's the next step is repent of your sin and trust in Christ today. Mm. And if once you've done that, and if you've done that, you can tell the truth to other people because you're already safe in Christ. You, your eternity is secure. There, there is no fear. Like the fear of the potential outcomes or the worries of being truthful and honest with others those are way less than the fear of not the fear of being an enemy of God. Mm. We're no longer enemies of God because of Christ and what he did for us. So we have the freedom to embrace the, the fears and worries. We can meet those head on of telling the truth to other people. Amen. And let's do what we say, say what we do, you know, live yeah. up to our word. Uh, cause, cause all too often, yeah, we say one thing and do another and, and yes, again, we're imperfect and, and there's hypocrisy in all of us. Uh, but, but let's continue to, you know, seek growth in, in that to, to really mm. where our lives line up. And it's like, hey, I'm the same guy on this podcast, off air, at home, with my buddies. You know, obviously, you, you know, the, things change slightly, but, but the, the core and the character yeah. remains the same, right? Yep. What we stand for and what we say, uh, what, we, what we believe, and we live that out. Um, yep. that, that translates everywhere versus putting the disguises on and off on and off. Yep, man. So it's convicting. It's challenging. A uh, good word from, from Luke today. And uh, thanks to everybody for checking us out and, and listening to the podcast. If you can rate review, share, like retweet, repost, uh, that's a, that's a huge help to us. And so we greatly appreciate your support. Uh, thanks to everybody that donates and supports this show and unpacking it ministries. Uh, if you haven't taken that step with us, man, join the team. Join the support team. We, we need you, and we appreciate you uh, as we continue just to have this desire to challenge, encourage, and inspire sports fans to follow Jesus and become more like him. We're all in process. We're growing. We're learning. We don't have all the answers. We don't have it all figured out, but, but we want to grow together and continue to just point each other toward Christ. And so as we wrap up, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.